Pastor Xavier Ruiz and recognizing the pricelessness of so great a salvation. These Hebrew Christians, in thinking that they would be in fellowship with God if they went back to the temple, would actually be walking away from the fellowship that they had with God through the Son. What woman would willfully turn down a flawless diamond of two carats in exchange for her half a carat imitation diamond? There's no comparison. That's the same with Jesus. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Thousands of years ago, when the priesthood was established, did God ever have to rethink His original plan for salvation? To help answer that question, Pastor Xavier goes back to his continuing study of the book of Hebrews for today's Simple Truths lesson titled, Jesus is Superior to Aaron the High Priest. Let's listen. The author of Hebrews, Paul, now is treating the subject of the high priesthood of Jesus. He has just finished telling us that he is a faithful high priest who has been tempted in every point as we are. He is able to deal with our lives. But now he points out the superiority. Having made the statement of fact, he compares the difference between Aaron and he, and once again, Jesus comes out shining, better than the prophets, better than the angels, better than the first Adam, better than Moses, better than Aaron. As you know, the Jewish high priest was the only one who could go to God once a year. He was the go-between. He was the center of national life. Without him, there was no fellowship. Once a year on Yom Kippur, October the 10th, he'd go into the Holy of Holies and behind the veil and he would offer sacrifices and do all that he had to do and he would have the sins of the nations forgiven. The nation rejoiced. But he was only a shadow of things to come, as we'll see. He was pointing to the ultimate high priest of Jesus Christ. And so now the, the, to the Hebrew Christians here, from verse 1 to 5, he gives the requirements of the law and how it was that God is the one who chose the high priest. He didn't choose himself. God honored him. God brought glory to him that he might bring glory to God. That no one takes his honor to himself, that nobody appoints themselves, but it was Aaron alone who he had chosen. And then likewise, he makes the application towards Jesus Christ. And so in verses 5 through 10, these Hebrew Christians are told three ways how Jesus Christ fulfilled the requirements of the high priests and even beyond them, as we'll see. Let me read here for us. So also Christ did not glorify himself to become high priest, but it was he who said to him, you are my son, today I have begotten you. As he also said in another place, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek, who in the days of his flesh, when he was offered up prayers and supplications with them and cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him, called by God as a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. Here's how Christ fulfilled the requirements of the high priest. First of all, verse 5 and 6, 
Jesus was ordained by God. Jesus was ordained by God. Secondly, in verse 7, Jesus was an ordinary man. And then in verse 8 through 10, Jesus was able to do it the ordinary way. <laughs> That's important. The ordinary way. Notice Jesus was ordained by God in verse 5 and 6. First of all, in verse 5, notice that Jesus did not ordain himself as high priest. The application. So, Jesus did not glorify himself to become high priest. The application, again, is what is said of Aaron in the previous verse, now is applied to Jesus. Aaron did not take this honor to himself of being a high priest by his own decision, his own choosing. And this is important because men usually take things unto themselves to honor themselves, to bring glory to themselves. Very few people really sit back and allow things to take place. Now, there's a, a co-participation where we just can't kick back. We're part of it. But there's some people that just strive. That's their goal, to be seen, to, to accomplish, to whatever it is. This is not the nature of Aaron in the high priesthood. God in the law chose the tribe of Levi, as you know, to serve the tabernacle and the priesthood. In fact, they had different functions. And the family of Aaron was chosen out of all the Levites to be the high priestly office. And as you know, when he came out of Egypt, the firstborn was killed in judgment, and he spared the firstborn of the Israelites. So God told Moses in the wilderness, he says, count the firstborn and count the Levites, take the difference, and I'll buy them back, and the Levites are going to be mine. I'll replace them for the firstborn. Because the firstborn was a high priest of the home. And God says, now I'm taking the Levites to myself. And so he took the Levites to himself. And then out of the tribe of Levites, he took the family of Aaron. And Aaron was the only high priest and his sons. That line. The other priests could not go into the high priestly office. God is the one who chose them. As you know, the other, uh, the other tribes, the other three tribes, the Merarites, the Gershonites, and the Kohathites, they had different offices and functions, and some would take care of the, the tents, some of the wood, some of the sockets, some of the furnishing, whatever. They had their own duties when the camp, when they broke camp, everything else. But only Aaron encamped by the door of the tabernacle in the east, the high priest. Aaron was called by God as high priest. He was consecrated, you know, in Exodus, the whole ceremony where, he brought, where Moses brought him before the people. And after all, the, they made all the, the miter and the ephod and, and the miter on the cross of the forehead said, holding his unto the Lord and the stones and, and everything, the bonnets, and they put it all on. And then they take this big old bucket of oil and just dump it all over him. Now we would say, oh, what a shame. They ruined all that beautiful dress. God doesn't care about the beauty of the dress. God cared about the consecration of the man that he was going to go before God. We get so enamored by the looks and even our church mentality is like that. Some people will call up and say, do you have a good parking? Do you have a children's facility? Do you have a good bathrooms? This and that. Our priorities to go to church are so off the wall today in America. I've never heard someone call up and say, do you guys teach the word of God there? As you know, Aaron and his priesthood was challenged by Korah and his 250 friends. 
And they say, you know, you guys take too much on yourselves. You guys think only God can speak to you. And Moses said, well, I don't know. Let's find out about God. And God said, look, tell them to all choose a rod. Put it before me. I will show you who's going to be the priest. Who's ever rod, I cost the bud. That's the one. Aaron's rod budded. Almonds, symbol of resurrection. He says, now take that rod and put it in the ark as a perpetual testimony that Aaron and Aaron and only Aaron and his family can come before me. And then he opened up the earth and swallowed up the rebels. <laughs> okay? And he took all their brass censers uh, that they offered, had them beaten with hammers, and put them on the brass altar for judgment. So that anybody who comes to the judgment of altar, they remember the people that rebelled and they were judged. Interesting, huh? In fact, it was during the consecration of Aaron that his two sons, Nadab and Abihu, offered the sacrifice and God barbecued him. Okay? And Moses told Aaron, don't leave the camp. You're in consecration lest you die. We'll take care of your sons. Pretty heavy. And so the application, so also Christ did not glorify himself becoming high priest. The title Christ Christos means the official title of Messiah. Aaron was said by God as high priest, as a type of the Messiah to come. He was not the end. Aaron was only a shadow looking to the future fulfillment of the true high priest to come. And so as Aaron did not take this honor to himself or attempt to glorify himself, neither did Jesus. Often, what did he say in the Gospel of John? I came to do the will of my Father, not my own. The words that I speak, they're the words of the Father. The word glorify there means to magnify, to extol, or to attempt to honor oneself in such a way that really brings dishonor to God and robbing him of his glory. Jesus did not try to ascribe any dignity or worth to himself by his own doing. He rested in what the Father had for him, even as Aaron, but now in a greater form as the ultimate high priest. Now notice also there in verse 5 that Jesus was um, ordained high priest by his father, okay? And this is the whole just behind it. But it was he who said to him, you are my son, today I have begotten you. Now this is once again quoted from the second psalm, Psalm 2-7. Uh, the one speaking is God the father to the son. And the appointment of the son to be high priest was bestowed by the honor of the father, you know, we, we remember the parables of Jesus. He says, when you go into a, a, a banquet or something, you know, and don't go sit up front unless someone of greater honor comes in and they ask you, hey, listen, could you sit in the back, bud? You sit in the back and they say, listen, you know, there's some seats up front. Would, would you come forward? But it's, it's, it seems that man thinks of himself more highly than he ought to think. It's amazing. That's the nature of man. The relationship is one of sonship. Notice that. Not creatureliness as in Aaron's case. Jesus was infinite and eternal, the Son of God, the creator of the world. He created man and everything that existed. In fact, Hebrews 2.9 said, But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with, honor, with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God might taste death for every man. But in contrast, Aaron was finite, temporal, a son of God who was created in the world 
by this high priest. What is the contrast? The psalm, as you know, quotes and describes the second coming of Christ to the earth in judgment, to the battle of Armageddon. The application is to the high priesthood here. Then how do we fit it? Through his death and his resurrection, which he purged our sins and then sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, as chapter 1, verse 3 told us. That's the return coming back. So he, since that day, since he was glorified and sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, has exercised this high priestly office to save mankind from their sins and will do so till the second return. He is a high priest. The psalm is quoted already in chapter 1, as you know, in chapter 1, verse 5, to show the superiority of the Son by the much better name, Son, than the angels. The angels are servants of God. The Son is the Son of God. Now notice thirdly in verse 6, Jesus was ordained high priest superior to Aaron. There's no comparison. The speaker is still God the Father. He also says, and the quote, as you know, is from Psalm 110, verse 4. This psalm is referred to in Hebrews more than any other place. We've seen it in chapter 1, verse 5, and chapter 1, verse 13, 5, 6 here, 7, 17, 7, 21. And there are eight allusions at least in chapter 5, 6, and 7. And as he makes mention of the psalm, he hits it from different angles. But he is the king. He is the priest. He is the head. Now notice the specific reference to the priesthood is stated. And it is to no one but Jesus. He is a priest by divine decree, not human decree, even as Aaron. So right there, there's equal parallels. Jesus is priest forever. Here's where the parallels break. There is no end to his priesthood in the office of the high priest. Aaron died. Jesus died, but he was risen from the dead. Aaron's priesthood terminated at a certain time. Jesus continues. So now there's no parallel now there's a sharp contrast. In fact, the superseding order of Aaron's priesthood is Melchizedek's. Notice that in verse 6 there. Jesus is a priest by virtue that it is according to the order of Melchizedek. This is the first time Melchizedek's name comes up. Nine other mentions of his name will be in the following chapters. Jesus is a priest superior to Aaron by virtue of his eternal order, first of all, forever. Aaron's was temporal. These Hebrew Christians were to think clearly if Aaron's order was not forever, but only temporary as a type and is no longer valid, they would have no mediator if they returned back to the temple and sacrifice. He wants them to think. These Hebrew Christians, in thinking that they would be in fellowship with God if they went back to the temple, would actually be walking away from the fellowship that they had with God through the Son. 
Jesus is a priest superior to Aaron by virtue of a higher order. Not only this forever, but a higher order, the order of Melchizedek. Later on, we're going to be told that Melchizedek was both king and priest in chapter 7. He's going to point us back to Genesis 14. We're not going to go into it right now because even the author can't go on because they can't handle it right now. Jesus was of the tribe of Judah, by the way. Do you know that? Listen to Hebrews 7.14. Jesus, uh, for it is evident that our Lord arose from Judah, of which tribe Moses spoke nothing concerning the priesthood. So not only is he of a different order, but he's of a different tribe altogether that the law never said anything about priesthood. Only Levitical. He's from Judah. By the way, Judah means praise. This is the only high priest you're supposed to praise. Jesus Christ from the tribe of Judah. The lion of the tribe of Judah. He has prevailed. The complete exposition regarding Melchizedek will not be taking place at this time until chapter 7 because the author Paul will go on to tell these Hebrew Christians from verse 11 to 14 as he rebukes them that he's unable to deal with them about this difficult matter not because it's really difficult but because their ears are sluggish and dull and by now they should have been teaching others but they are still sucking on milk and they should be eating a steak which is a picture of a lot of Christians in the church today who have been in the Lord 10, 15, 20 years, but they act like 15, 20 days old. These guys were thinking of going back to Aaron's priesthood. Now, what woman would willfully turn down a flawless diamond of two carat if someone wanted to give it to her in exchange for her half a carat imitation diamond? <laughs> There's no comparison. That's the same with Jesus. So it would be for these Hebrew Christians to return to the order of Aaron. Who was appointed by God, but now Jesus has been appointed superior to Aaron. And you know, the same principle follows for those in ministry today. People call themselves to ministry often today. And have been all their lives throughout the history of the church. It's nothing new. And yet, God is the only one that can call a man into ministry, and he takes him from among men for pertaining to the things of God. See, sometimes people think, well, you know, I failed everything in life. I might as well try the ministry. That's the attitude of some people. Anybody can do it. It's not too difficult. Yeah, okay. Or some people think, well, you know, I've put in all my time, and I'm ready to retire, so, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to go into ministry. Now, if God hasn't called you, God help you and God help the people. Now, all of us are to fit somewhere in the church where we have gifts and we should serve. But I'm talking about calling you into full-time ministry, too. That's what you do. You better be called of God. You see, seminary education doesn't qualify you for ministry. I have nothing against education. But it doesn't make you a minister or make you qualify for ministry. Man's ordinations don't qualify you for ministry because you have a certificate that a man has ordained you or a denomination has ordained you doesn't mean anything. God ordains men. He calls men. I had no idea, no concept, no inclination, no desires. It was never in my mind 
But as I was born again, God began to direct step by step, and it became very evident. There's a struggle because I didn't know I wasn't going to make sure and all that. But it wasn't that, that, that God was so lucky to get me. You understand? I was fortunate he called me, but I wanted to know that he called me. In fact, the reason why I left West Covina as God called me out, it was kind of a testing for me. All right, Lord, if it's you, then it's you. I said, I'm going to do nothing. And for the whole year, I did nothing. I just sat in that office and studied and taught the studies. We didn't do a lot of evangelism and everything else. I said, if it's you, Lord, fine. If not, go back to work. And God confirmed it and did the whole work. I need to know that it's God. Because if God's not in it, it's not going to work. And if God's not in it, I've got to strive to keep it going. If God's called you, then God's going to take care of that. The principle is the same for ministry today. The glory of God is to be the goal of every person's life, but much more for those who serve in ministry. The glory of God. That all things be done to the honor of God. That isn't always the case in Christian work. That all things be done with the motive of love. That's not always the Christian way. It's supposed to be. That all things are to be done in the spirit of God. And too often things begin in the spirit, but they end up in the flesh. And then pretty soon you don't know what God is doing and what you're doing. Because now you've added to it. You've become real creative. You used to trust in God and just pray and see what God would provide. And you took your Sunday offerings and that was it. And you went to the closet and prayed. But now... You're into marketing. Now you send out letters. Now you make a please. Now you cry from the pulpit once in a while. And once in a while you drop some hints of what your needs are. And, and, and now you, you say, well, we're going to be taking a, a, a new offering on Wednesday now because, you know, we're going to do this. And, and you become creative. And you start tightening down the screws on the people. God help us. May Ichabod be written over this church. The glory of the Lord has departed. No way. The high priestly office of Jesus is superior and unique to all other offices and callings. For he's the one who has made access to the throne of grace possible. He's already stated that at the end of the last chapter. He is the one for which we are able to go to. And he's the one that enables us. He is the great servant that we are to follow. We are sons and daughters of God after his kind, not after anybody else's kind. So important. That fact has been lost today in American churches. We're losing perspective. What happened to what God did at the beginning? Through the Spirit of God, through the love of God, through the Word of God through prayer to God hmm. so Jesus fulfills the requirements of the high priest because he was ordained high priest by God by God Pastor Xavier Reese and the simple truths of not just the qualifications but the accomplishments of the high priest Jesus and you can hear this message again, if you like, online anytime by selecting today's date at the radio listings link at calvarychapelpasadena.com. 
Now, be sure you join us next time right here as well for the conclusion of today's lesson. But if you won't be able to tune in, you can always pick up a copy of this message. The title to ask for is, Jesus is Superior to Aaron the High Priest. And it's available on CD for only $4. And this is one way you can share this ministry with others. Once again, the title to ask for is, Jesus is Superior to Aaron the High Priest. Or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths. 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please be sure and include the call letters of this station somewhere in your correspondence. This information is helpful when we check on the impact of this outreach in your area. What's the Savior really like? Take a look when you join Pastor Xavier Reese for the next edition of Simple Truths. Don't miss it. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com